0: I have been fascinated with crypto since 2017 as an 18 year old student studying politics. I joined crypto meetup groups in Latin America and New Zealand and this helped me to develop a confidence in understanding cryptocurrencies. For people already living in developing countries, the usefulness of crypto is already obvious. But for those of us who live in the first world, what is cryptocurrency other than a way to speculate and try to make money without doing any real work? I actually have no answers to this and as someone who has dedicated their career to finance and blockchain technology I am sick of trying to defend crypto. I wanted to have a conversation with someone who has been in the space longer than I have. Someone who understands business, technology and life all at the same time. His name is Matthew Ketchum and this is us at Centrum in Shibuya. We have had many conversations about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the most recent discussion we had was actually like how much, you know, crypto is so annoying and I really wanted to cover this topic because I think it's something that crypto influences or people who like crypto don't usually talk about, you know, how fucking annoying crypto is and like it's actually so useless. Um, so I think Matt was like the perfect person to get on because, you know, he's someone that is, I would say kind of pro crypto or like interested at least.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's actually like, I'm really excited to talk about this. Cause I think, I don't, I don't even know how to correctly think about it, but it's kind of like there's crypto with a capital C mm. and then crypto with a lowercase C right? and I think they're two very different things. One is like the industry and I'm not sure if that's the capital or the lowercase one. But then there's the other thing, which is the actual technology yeah. and the way the technology is cool, but the industry is total fucking garbage. Absolutely. (laughs) So I guess what I first liked about it was what I saw as potential applications in like independent, specifically music, but like art scenes double specifically with regards to back in the day, basically what it seemed like it could do. Was especially in Japan, and then you have to get what amounts to like a business, like a work visa in order to perform in Japan. And specifically in Japan, it was, I believe it's still, you need to be able to guarantee like 50,000 US dollars per performance in order to even qualify for that visa, which just basically means that no independent band can come to Japan because they can't guarantee that kind of money. And so, way back in 2015, it was, I was curious about, well, basically uh, that's when you're getting paid in either USD or in yen but what if all of the like touring costs and revenue streams and whatnot were paid out in in bitcoin seemed like maybe an interesting way to kind of get around um like the visa issues so that was always interesting to me um and then nobody understood it so we never <laughs> did anything with it um and then after that too i think one of you know more practical in a sense um, things about it is it's just a big puzzle. It's a really weird space. And like, I remember the first probably like 20 white papers or whatever I read. 20? <laughs> yeah, just like ridiculous. And just reading through it, like, I have no fucking idea. What does this mean? And then you just Thank reread over and over and over and over again until finally you'd at least think to yourself like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, I see mm-hmm. what's going on. And so it's a, it's like a really good It's almost like homework for just like learning critical analysis of strange things.
0: You said to me the other day uh, to even just know how cryptocurrency works. Mm -hmm. You basically spend a master's degree amount of work into just understanding it. And I think that's so accurate. I think the amount of time that I have spent and I bet others have spent just like simply trying to understand like what a wallet is has been… Incredible.
1: Yeah. And maybe that's just our way of justifying what is otherwise known as a waste of time. Funny you mentioned that, though, because I, I I think I'm pretty comfortable with my like approach and involvement with crypto because I got out of it for a minute. Yeah, it was like from 2017 because I was involved starting in like late 2014. And then I moved to Seattle. I was working in crypto there and the ICO shit went down and just like everybody got so burnt buy it and to like laid off and all of this other terrible terrible things that were going on in the crypto scene in like 2017 2018 and that just like totally threw all kinds of cold water on it for me and then honestly i can't even remember exactly why i got back in but i did and like intentfully and willfully
0: so there was no reason for you to get back into it in particular that you can remember of i think
1: it probably had something because you met Jeff, uh, the CurveGrid guy, right? William, the other co-founder, they're Canadian because I used to be the executive director for the Canadian Chamber of Commerce, and I met them. Maybe they were kind of the the reason, I guess, that I kind of got back into it because it was just like, oh, here's some crypto people who are talking about it again. That's sure. <laughs>
0: Did it help that they had come from? I met Jeff, and you know, he comes from like a legit kind of finance banking right. background, these kind of legit businesses getting into crypto, I think around 2018 era, was that like potentially a reason that you, maybe, you know, maybe this is interesting?
1: Yes, but, um and this kind of goes back to the capital C of lowercase c crypto thing. This was sort of a tautological statement, but because businesses are interested in it from a business point of view, it's now become interesting. Um, that being said, I do also think that by like more traditional backgrounds, getting involved in basically making it more mainstream also introduces the risk, which I think is actually like very much happening right now of basically repeating the sins of the father of like, well, traditional finance was pretty exploitative and predatory and oops, now we've got that in crypto too. Didn't mean to do that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I definitely don't have a solution for that yet anyway, but yeah, so traditional backgrounds and more like standardized backgrounds are good in the sense that it allows like business to function around this stuff, but I don't even know if I want that use case there in the first place.
0: Yeah, because you mentioned this I'm a little bit confused. You're not a big fan of the business kind of side of crypto. And I guess that's what you mean that by the capital C mm-hmm. crypto industry. I, I wonder, like, what aspects specifically rub you the wrong way?
1: That's the thing, is in my mind, especially with, because, like, way back in the day, there was a state, or what if, like, a catchphrase of blockchain before Bitcoin was always kind of the. Angle of attack I've taken, which is just more or less to say, like, okay, yeah, the finance thing exists, but like, that's not what we're focused on. We're more focused on like technology and like liberatory sort of aspects of all these things. Yeah, like the whole fucking industry now has just been what financialized. And it's like the only thing that crypto is used for right now in kind of the public sphere is what trading. Like, that's it. There's nothing else that you can use it for currently, which sucks.
0: yeah it does. I, th- I want to talk about like how useless crypto is because you cannot pay for things with it because stores don't accept it. It's sort of a double-edged sword because if stores are going to accept it, they probably want like government security, some kind of authorization. i don't
1: I don't disagree with it, but it's not what I'm interested in. Again, going back to like the finance side of things, which is huge and in a sense, like very important, but it's also very distracting from like other use cases. Um, and so for me, uh, like I kind of think, especially once like crypto kitties came out and what was it? 2016 or whatever. And then NFTs and all this shit, <laughs> cause most of it's shit. Um, but the promise of that to me has not been the finance side of things. It's been basically, I consider it kind of like the library of Alexandria of documentation. Right. And so the reason that crypto or an NFT or, you know, whatever should have value, it's not because some market maker says it does, or it's a meme coin or whatever. It's that, oh, holy shit. That thing is actually like recording a historical fact that is now not destroyable. And so, so long as the network exists, that piece of information, that piece of history, Will also exist so that everybody in the future will know that X, Y, or Z
0: happened. I was just reading a book called Ethereum for Business by Paul Brody, and he, he he has a background in consulting, IBM, and you know all these kind of big four names. And he said, you know, data is really important, and as our society gets more AI, you know, we rely on data for so many more things. We have a lot of data, but the main issue is that we don't have enough good data. Yes. And I think blockchain helps us have really good data. And he mentioned in his book, the COVID-19 supply chain crisis was a perfect example of things were going well until they didn't. And that's because they didn't really have good data. They were just kind of relying on the models too, basically keep the same trend year over year but with better data perhaps we could have averted that crisis a little bit
1: i feel like i should have thought of this before but i didn't until now and you said the word ai'd back in when i was in seattle doing a bunch of crypto stuff one of my friends out there steve was always using the phrase garbage in garbage out which was very much in reference to it doesn't matter how good your systems are because there's still a user and if the user is misusing the system or exploiting it somehow, then like, it doesn't matter what you've built because you've got a bad actor. How do you fix that? Right. And so with the AI thing, though, u- using AI to reliably feed a blockchain platform to record certain types of data is, just, I don't know, just like a neat, <laughs> a neat thought.
0: I do think like the combination of AI and blockchain is really interesting but the few companies that have focused on it are probably are just, all just like yeah. the
1: worst of the worst, truly. And that's that's what the finance side of things does is you know the nice word that we use is like, oh, it incentivizes activity and shit. No, it's just it's just selfishness, right? And so being able to find another reason that is not necessarily finance or at least top level financial to incentivize people to record things reliably and accurately is, a, I think that's like the crux of the problem right now, honestly, with blockchain, and just technology in general, but definitely also blockchain, is how do we fix the bad actor problem?
0: <laughs> My main issue with it at the moment is how densely infiltrated the crypto industry is with annoying people.
1: They are annoying, like, yeah.
0: really annoying people. And I think it, like people who are seriously into crypto, aren't taken seriously like serious like you know they're legit people you know they they know stuff and the reputation of even having being like even being associated with crypto is like
1: bad it's bad yeah and it's what you're saying makes me think of like truly talented people that i that i know in crypto they're very invisible and intentionally so right And then there's the annoying people (laughs) (laughs) and they're very, very visible. And I mean, that, that still is kind of the, the big C and the little C problem too, right? Of like the actual people building these technologies and, and really exploring strange spaces between like psychology and technology, which is what really excites me about all of this and sociology, right? And kind of how people network and interact and, and collaborate and things that's that's the really exciting stuff about crypto but that's also extremely difficult it's a very valuable skill if you're that good with computers like you're you're a pretty top level um engineer sort of thing and they don't want the fame they don't want the notoriety they don't want you know the visibility and so they are invisible and the people who fill that void Are pretty good at exploiting or yeah exploiting or capitalizing on said void without necessarily needing to actually be good with crypto, and so that's that's where you get meme coins and and shit coins and whatnot.
0: Yeah, and I think like because crypto is quite useless as a payment mechanism, that it attracts people who want to get rich quick. I'm making content for crypto, so I have to be kind of engaged. Like we know what do what do consumers want, and what consumers want according to you know. Search statistics stuff is what coin is going to go up the most. I feel like this really detracts from you know crypto as a ideology, as a like a great technology, and like it, it's just become a stock.
1: Yeah, a bad one at that. That yeah, that's a really really good point that I don't think is talked about nearly as often as it really really should be. Which is especially in Japan, you're gonna get totally like wrecked. If you decide to cash out with crypto. Like there's no which is such a strange reality too. Cause I know a lot of traders and whatnot, people who are active in the scene here, they just all have offshore bank accounts. It's usually Australia or Singapore, right? And they're trading, they're making money or losing more often. <laughs> um, but these are like streams of money that are flowing uh, totally outside of Japanese governmental jurisdiction, which is just such a ridiculously missed opportunity, um, that it just kind of boggles my mind. But yeah, it's like 55% maximum capital gains on, which is just nuts, like so ridiculous. Um, and seeing Japan, especially not take, they are taking baby steps in the right direction, um and too especially after FTX happened, like a lot of people have been kind of applauding Japan for being
0: having better regulations in well, some ways.
1: That's the weird part of that that conversation too is I feel like it's really misunderstood. It's more like Japan just sort of doesn't know what the fuck is going on with crypto at all, and so it's just this like spaghetti, just massive tangled knot of regulations. Yes, but also just like confusion that inhibited ftx specifically ftx japan from going nearly as bad as everything else did which is like a a happy accident but i don't think it was really due to japan being like oh we predicted this and we put regulations in place
0: so you're saying it's more because they're so confused and in their japanese way they're just like okay no like just kind of scared no you can't do that
1: yeah there was there was it was so janky that nothing could get through right and that's what helped FTX Japan people not get completely wrecked.
0: <laughs> so like a happy accident. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: Right. You can kind of tell It's really easy to tell like a shitcoin, meme coin like like tech bro from a genuinely interesting person. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and a lot of the time especially in crypto it, it'll, it'll be with whatever, but there's a very quick willingness to just like sit down and explain or like explore. I think I like that word better, like novel concepts and stuff and just like not even walk somebody through it, but like engage with them to collectively figure out like a an interesting problem. Um, and that definitely doesn't happen on the finance side of things, and the like the tech crypto bro side of things. Like, they just talk about Elon, really.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I usually can tell the difference between like what they wear. Like, call me superficial, but you oh, know really? the sneakers. Like, tell me true, about the sneakers. Like, true engineers, and okay, this is really stereotypical and really superficial, but I don't care. Like, hacker people don't care. Like, don't tend to care about what they look like. Like, they're just whatever this is who i am crypto bros have to have like the latest sneakers like, S- nice sneakers, hoodies, are like the, sneakers really like sneaker people i think there's <laughs> you know people who go to stores and like oh these are like the latest air force nike whatever's like those people are more likely to be crypto bros
1: yeah that tracks i hadn't thought of it in this way but
0: yeah, I I, lo- I spent a lifetime looking at, like, shoes and, like, what people <laughs> wear and what kind of people they tend to be. And I think you are your shoes. Wow. Uh, like, I went to a venture capital pitch thing and, like, every single guy, because there were no girls, yep. every single guy who pitched had, like, a very crazy modern pair of sneakers on.
1: I mean, it's kind of metaphoric of crypto bros are probably, like, kind of insecure And want to be big and famous. And so, like, they make themselves with expensive shoes and whatnot. But then the people who aren't concerned about that and are just like genuinely interested in new uh, and like new technologies and all that comes along with that, like, don't give a shit about this, they give a shit about that kind of thing. So that, that's yeah, that's a really good observation on the I
0: kind of want to bring this up. Like I I met a crypto multimillionaire who had, you know, won his fortune gambling on coins. But he was so insecure and he was like looking for a project that would kind of fulfill him because he was he was like 26 years old, like super young, but he felt like he didn't really have any value. He was like, "Okay, I've made this fortune gambling on coins, but like do I actually Have a business sense, and he was really, really insecure. And it kind of like I, my heart went out to him because that actually kind of sucks to have like won your fortune.
1: So that's really interesting, actually. I think because how do I even say this? Like the the you can be as rich as you want, but not happy. But you can also be like really poor, but very well traveled, and like kind of like Jimi Hendrix, like experienced. And be pretty like satisfied, if, if not even just happy, but like satisfied with stuff. Right. And so, especially in technology and the business side of things, I, I do this with clients of mine and and um advisory roles, they can't get out of the city. And the wildest thing, it's, it's, it sounds entirely too like new age and spiritual, but when I get, so I do like weekend retreats, right. And usually with IT folks. Um, and you know, we kind of go basically anywhere that's not anywhere. That's like rural. I take them down to a place called Yugawada quite often. And we go walking in the woods and there's a river and this sounds so lame. Usually when we're there, I'll be like, okay, here's this cool spot at the river. And like, let's just take our shoes off and like sit with our feet in the river. And every time somebody does that for the first time, like, you can you can almost, like, feel in the air, like, just this, like, lifting of stress or, or lifting of a whole bunch of, like… Pressure. Like, yeah, pressure yeah. and whatnot. And that's what I think and your crypto millionaire guy, that's his problem.
0: I think also undefined pressure. Because I asked him, like, what number would make you happy? Mm-hmm. Like, what number, like, you want to make a business, okay? You want to earn millions from some kind of business that you make and you create value of some way. But what number, like, do you want to reach? And he didn't know infinity surely you know like your basic needs and wants and and life maybe it's in a kind of american mindset you just like keep going keep going keep going and without realizing like okay what's my actual like what do i want like i do i just want a hut in the like fucking mountains
1: (laughs) yes that's the thing of like going back to the finance side of stuff is the value that's associated with crypto that notion of value has been kind of hijacked so that value equals money there's like other kinds of value, right? And I think that, like, for example, um, what's her name up in Aomori, Mona, Mana? Um, she runs something called one one ETH one ETH to travel. And it's basically just like like you pay one ETH, and okay, now I will book you like this cool tour in Almori, which is a good way of using crypto to have like new experiences and gain like experiential value and not financial value um of course you know it's tourism so there's you're going to be buying food and whatnot and that's helping local economies and things but those are the kind of expeditions let's say that i am really curious about which do kind of mix financial and experiential value together but right now it's just so heavily loaded to the money side of things that guys like your crypto bro example like they don't even I don't think they're even aware of the problem. They're just like, they're uneasy about something and they can't put their finger on it. And a lot of the time for me and what, like what I was relating with that anecdote about the river feet <laughs> is going out and having those experiences, especially with people um, is like of the utmost importance, I think in developing any kind of new technology or system blockchain included. um. Yeah, so basically we should all be like crypto hippies. (laughs) Crypto hippies.
0: I think a lot of my frustration stems from the fact that the Bitcoin peer-to-peer payment system isn't really being used as a peer-to-peer payment system. While advances in the Bitcoin Lightning Network, Bitcoin Cash, and others make it cheaper and faster to pay for things, there are so many barriers that prevent people from actually using it in developed countries. Governments don't understand it, Women don't understand it, old people don't understand it, and even the crypto VCs I meet occasionally don't understand it. I think that so much of the culture that surrounds crypto and blockchain needs to change, and perhaps that starts with platforms such as this one to consider a forward-thinking approach. For one, I think it is important to consider the word crypto as not just cryptocurrency, but as cryptography as a way to create secure and seen trustworthy data.
1: Payment-wise, it's kind of shitty. But there's also, a, at least for me, like a fun aspect of it that can be a kind of pursued in any number of ways. The, like the big thing that I do with it right now, that I started doing because coronavirus stopped concerts from happening, which meant that all the venues that I work with and book at we're probably going to die. And so that wasn't cool. And then we started doing paid live streams for concerts to raise money. That didn't raise very much money, but then I had a bunch of recordings and so I wanted to make like NFT albums, but none of the bands understood what the hell I was talking about, which made me think, ah, I need like to prove exactly what I'm talking about. So then I just started recording like rivers and bamboo forests and minting NFTs from those to show people they still don't get it. So it's like kind of a, but that's the thing, like it's sort of a bullshit pursuit, but that's not, I don't care about the money aspect at this point about it. I just think it's a neat and fun. It's like a scavenger hunt. I've been waiting for, I don't know, close to 10 years now for this shit to like actually do something. And it hasn't. So like, I'm just going to go have fun for a little bit. And then when y'all decide to like grow up, I guess I'll grow up with you or something, (laughs) which is really important, I think. And especially in going back to like the business world, there's so many fucking serious people out there. Just ease up, man, go record a river and make a internet money with it.
0: (laughs) think going back to 2014, like 2012, you know, when Bitcoin was actually being used for gaming and and buying things, that was like an, kind of an interesting and fun time. And, and now Bitcoin not really being used much anymore is like less fun.
1: You know what like really kind of bugs me actually is I think the last, I don't know, all transactions that I can remember in, within like the last three or four years has been buying a drink like that's what you can do with crypto right now (laughs) you can go to an exclusive event and get some shitty cocktail for like 15 bucks worth of eth (laughs) surprise we did it this is the future
0: (laughs) but like in all seriousness if we're going to mars and things i'm sure they can put banks on mars but like It makes sense that cryptocurrency is part of the future. If we imagine our future to be, you know, digitalized and have flying cars or whatever, it just makes sense. It fits into the story of where our future should be headed. So I think there is a space for it to work, but I think the biggest barrier is what you said, like the bands you worked with don't didn't really understand what it was and just getting people to understand what crypto is and not be scared of it.
1: And interestingly, actually, this is a positive development. Um, one artist that I work with recently it was like oh yeah the nft like i kind of still don't get it but like yeah i'm, I'm cool with that now and so they kind of want they they want to like just explore it or whatever so that's good especially the artists and creatives i feel like they strangely despite all of their creativity and innovative you know activities and whatnot they can also be extremely conservative and very maybe not risk averse but like they don't like adopting They have their tool set. They know how to do it. They use it for their art and that's good enough. Um, So I do get the impression that the creative side of things, at least in Japan, um, is actually opening up a little bit to technology generally, but then also... With crypto, there's been a lot of really cool changes to business models and things. So it's become a really dynamic landscape recently. To me, it kind of suggests like, oh, this is like an upward trajectory, kind of like good time to be doing creative stuff.
0: I guess we're kind of going to the positive side of things.
1: Strangely enough, how did that happen? I I didn't expect it. I guess we're
0: so brainwashed that (laughs) this sunk cost fallacy is real. I think regulation is going to be there whether we like it or not. So might as well be good. So what do you think needs to happen. I guess specifically talking about Japan for government people to understand crypto better or to like have an opportunity to learn about it.
1: That's a really good and difficult to answer question. Uh Gifu, what is that place called? Takayama, Hira Takayama. They've got Saru coin. They've not done a very good job with painting the narrative of it, but it's something to do with um forestry activities. And so it's like almost certainly totally wrong about this, but it's like per tree that they cut down that somehow gets tokenized and then eventually leads to them like replanting a tree, which is kind of just like a really roundabout way to replant trees, (laughs) like just plant it. (laughs) Um, But that's, that's again, that's like one of those goofy, silly instances of like, Hey, at least they're trying to do something neat. Is it, is it good? Uh, probably not. Also too, if you talk to anybody who lives in Hida Takayama, every single person I've spoken to about this is fully aware that Saru Bubble coin exists. Nobody uses it. <laughs> and that's like neat. I don't think it's very well done, but those are the kind of things that at least it's kind of like a PR play of just like getting more visibility and activity around it. But You know, again, like the wallet, I guess, is really difficult to set. So, yeah, wallets are like, I think the
0: wallets are difficult. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if you don't fix that and get those into the hands, like, how the fuck do you get the Japanese government to do stuff with crypto? I don't know.
0: I guess like what I'm hearing is people should just be allowed to play at least play with it. We need people in crypto to be less interested about like the financial aspects and more interested in having it go, like seeing what it can do. That's
1: for me, like the overwhelmingly positive message I get from crypto. Yeah, you're going to fail a fuck ton in crypto. And if you choose to think of it as failure, then you're probably going to be sad but if you choose to think of it as a learning experience, <laughs> there's a lot of them. <laughs> so like tools, um, I mean, well, I do think that like wallet-wise, that's such a boring way to start, though. Wallets aren't exciting, I don't think. Are they? But the
0: very unique, like that's the gateway yes, to the- crypto. You cannot use crypto without wallets.
1: Very but- true. So, I mean, for that, like, Ledger and MetaMask are just go-tos for me.
0: Can I – I'm sorry. Maybe I need to cut this and put it into the negative part. But wallets. Wallets. (laughs) I got an email, like, a few days ago from Ledger. So, I have already had a bad experience with them a few years ago. Oh, interesting. When Ledger is a hardware wallet crypto – hardware crypto wallet company. Yeah. And basically people who own hard wallets or spend 80 bucks to get a hardware wallet Are people who might have a substantial amount of money on, on crypto. So I bought a ledger to play around with, and a few years later, my email and my phone number and like details, I used to order from ledger.com because they make you pay like order specifically from ledger.com for legitimate reasons um were exposed from a hacking
1: no kidding and,
0: like put on the you know black market you know on the black market they can sell people starter yeah 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 so from that point on i've had to block all unknown callers because i get an crazy amount of people calling and you know th- these are scammers basically like oh she must have crypto try to yeah. get you know her crypto keys or she might be interested in stocks and finance so all these financial scammers calling me and so I had to to block all unknown callers and a crazy amount of scammy emails sent to my email even to this day really and so that was my first bad experience with Ledger a few (laughs) days ago oh
1: no shit okay
0: (laughs) a few days ago it turns out that it's about 86,000 um this might be wrong but I think it's 86,000 Wallets were exposed. People can take money out of them. I don't know how the fuck that happens. That's bad. But my wallet was one of them. Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. Um, Maybe mine is, too. I need to check that.
0: Uh, Like, Ledger emailed me that, like, we've confirmed that the wallet associated with your email address has been compromised.
1: Oh, shit. Wow. Okay, so no Ledgers.
0: So, I... I don't know, I used to be a really big fan of Ledger because I really liked their design, I'm superficial, and yeah, they have really good fucking packaging, and and good advertising, but Mm. how does a wallet get compromised? I mean, the whole fucking point of a wallet is to not be compromised. Wasn't it? (laughs)
1: Last year, I think, there was a firmware update that Allowed them to roll back transactions, I think, and there was a big like backlash from the community about that. I don't know exactly what they did so
0: they did. upgraded their firmware so that you could sign into your wallets using social media, like Facebook uh-huh. or something. So you have maybe multiple keys, and maybe you can sign into your wallet using the password used for Facebook or something right, right. like along those lines. So that was the firmware update, and everyone was taken aback because, like, how how do you have access to, like, our keys? Like how can you do this firmware update? Mm. And then it came to light that their code is not open source, so no one knows what's going behind right, the scenes. Right. No one knows what kind of access they have. I think that Ledger in the past had promised, like, we do not have access to your keys. We do not have blah, blah, blah. Like, we cannot do upgrades of this certain nature. Like, they had promises before, and then all of a sudden, there's did this, like, software update, and it was very distressing for everyone. <laughs> Distressing, <laughs> and I think that really tarnished their reputation and their PR was incredibly bad on us. Like a prime example of like what not to do.
1: Yeah, they were like pretty aggressively like pushing back against all the criticism, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, and and, and they were like telling lies and being like, oh, but that we didn't really mean this by what we said like two years ago. Like that's not exactly what we mean. It was just like, oh, can you just admit that you fucked up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that really, really has pissed me off. And I noticed in ledgers um social media accounts they've doing but they've been doing like end of year raps, all the things that were great last year in twenty twenty three and just completely ignored their like major fuck ups yeah. and I think it's a huge kick in the guts for anyone who's bought a ledger
1: sometimes shit's just bad, and if you don't call it out and like recognize it and do, like, what you were just talking, like, uh, no, no, sorry, like, that's just gonna make the problem worse, like, that's not cool, like, cut and run, kind of thing, um, which also, too, reminds me of, just crypto in general, (laughs) is like, maybe everything that we've done up to this point has been fun and an experience, but you know what, like, it's kind of fucked, so we just need to, like, restart it which you know with with like ledger and the other wallets that are out there hardware wallets out there like well okay so where is this do we go back to paper wallets
0: i think that's what people are saying really like paper wallets i think i heard some crypto expert recently saying like yeah just use a paper wallet people have also been turning to trezor Um, Right, right. so we got crypto girls got sent a few wallets by Trezor, and i've been checking out the code and stuff oh really because i don't want to promote anything that's gonna harm people after especially after what happened with ledger yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. so i've
0: been like kind of checking them out and i'm supposed to do a video on it but i want to check everything
1: right right
0: and they're they're open source so you can see the code on github but i'm also like how do i know that this github code is the one that you're actually using and questions are like i need to, i need to know this before i yeah, you know. like you know can promote it but apparently apparently Trezor is like one of the better ones
1: i have heard good things i've never used them so yeah. i can't say <laughs> this is very superficial i think trezor just like looks bad
0: <laughs> <laughs> really bad and i actually have one. i bought one i'm not sure oh, really? i should bring it out
1: bring it out let's take a look <laughs> is this like an unboxing that we're doing
0: it's not it's not an unboxing <laughs> Oh. It's okay. just like I just like it was kind of lying around as it should not be. Yeah. It should not be lying around, but um <laughs> I don't have anything on it. Um so no, it's, okay. it's it's like it's really plasticky. Like oh, really? It's, Can I... it's really expensive. I um, can't remember which model this one is. Yeah,
1: that feels like but
0: a. These things are like a hundred dollars to three hundred dollars okay. US. Right, right, right. But it feels like kind of like it Two dollars. It looks
1: like like a shitty car's, like, car key. Yeah. Like like some...
0: Like worse like than a, a Honda.
1: Oh, yeah. That's not great.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to store my, like, you know, millions of dollars. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: and it, it's a big... But, like, my head totally goes to paper wallets these days. Yeah. Which is a terrible fucking thing to do because you want to talk about bad use, like, usability... Paper wallets are ridiculous. Like, that's not a solution. That's mm-hmm. not a good solution anyway. So, so
0: yeah, that's the difficulty. But I really like going back to MetaMask. So Trezor for hard wallet, apparently, I don't want to promote <laughs> yet, but apparently it's like one of the safer options. Right. Like, if I had millions of dollars, it's probably what I would do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, MetaMask is great. I love MetaMask.
1: Yep. It's awesome. Okay. That's actually the combination of MetaMask and OpenSea, I think, is a really good one
0: mm. in
1: that it it actually allows you to play. Mm. Um, again, it doesn't have to be the most intellectual intelligent sort of thing, but if you mm. can just get the crypto and then do something with it, yeah, that leads you down a path towards further experimentation. Yeah. Um, and so just again, what I do is just like recording the sound of a river and I'm
0: then making uh, an yeah Yeah,
1: and specifically too i forgot to mention that though is this is a problem that i'm still trying to figure out is when you take um a picture with basically any smartphone or actually just any camera um in the metadata there's gps as well as a time signature so it blogs like when and where you took that picture um with uh audio recorders as far as i know um, there is no metadata for that. And I actually got phones. Um, I have a Sure mic as well because I was looking for a microphone and software that did have that metadata. And there was this one mic, I forget its name, but I bought it because the advertisement made it look like it actually did the metadata thing and then it doesn't. And I was I got into a little bit of a fight with Sure on Twitter about it. <laughs> They were very apologetic and it was fine and whatnot. Um, but so with the NFT thing is I take the audio recording, which again still has no metadata, and then also take a picture of where I'm record- taking that recording because that then has the metadata, right? And so then throwing that into OpenSea, both the image as well as the audio file, then like I'm basically pairing the GPS and time signature with the audio file, which based to me is just neat. Cause it's, again, it's like a historical representation of like at a certain place at a certain time that sound happened, the river sounded like this or whatever, which again, is that useful? Uh, probably but not. It's
0: really cool. Right. Like if you think about Egypt and how much we love Egypt and the pyramids now, it's like this is amazing. Yeah. Like who knows what yeah. people in a thousand years will be like, oh my God, this is what rivers sounded what like.
1: It sounded like holy shit. Yeah. Like you know, and to me that's just that's the type of stuff that I i really enjoy doing it, which is more on the artistic side of things, I think. But then I mean it does have that his well, I'm presuming that it has historical value. Um But yeah, just, and I've never sold any of these, (laughs) like I'm not some fucking NFT whale or anything. Um, but that's, for me, it's not the point. It's like crypto enables you to, I keep using these words like experiment and explore, which is just a valuable life lesson. I think even if you're not trading, you're not making money on it or whatever, it's just, it's like an ethos, like a philosophy kind of thing that I think is just a very positive kind of outlook on life, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, doing the sea and MetaMask thing is just, like, it's fun. Like, I did a scuba trip recently and nfti all of that. It was just, like, this cool little thing, you know, that I was able to do.
0: I think that's really cool. And, like, that kind of, like, fun use case can... Well, I think that's probably one of the most legitimate use cases in business is tokenizing like, handmade... Mm products or exclusive products and that is a really good way of tracking an item's authenticity mm. or their repair his- repair history Correct. which i think is really really interesting and going back to just having good quality data that you can access from anywhere and not just some centralized database is really cool
1: that's that's something that i don't know how to do um i would love to get I I guess it would just be like a DAO or something, but basically just like a group of people who are interested in documenting a particular like municipality and just like, maybe it's like an art project for like a year, you get five people to make an audio recording with the picture thing like once a week. So it's 52 recordings from five people over the course of a year and just like see what that says about the local area and region. Like what kind of experiences are there? I think, you know, that could potentially, you know, be good for tourism and whatnot as well. Um, But yeah, just having like, it makes, or it potentially makes, especially rural areas, which is something that I'm, I'm very involved in, like more visible. Like it's, if done the right way, I get the impression that it's possibly even like empowering. Like it would allow you know a poor poor areas poor, poor rural areas to like better themselves.
0: I, I totally get where you're coming from. I, I there's a use case actually quite a few months ago, but I only just found out about it. So there's this luxury brand called Laura Piana and they released a cashmere line mm-hmm. and they were linking the cashmere to like sheep in New Zealand. Oh really. And I think that's really cool. It's lo- really cool. And because, you know, I, I come, I personally come from a farm. I was born and raised on a farm. And like to have those farmers who actually get so much shit from the environmentalists every day. Right. To have that recognition, like, yeah, we're actually like, you know, you, we're like the bones of this country and like how the world works.
1: So I had actually the same idea for the place that I mentioned in Yugawara, which um, has like a bunch of Mekon farms, like like oranges. And I can't even remember why I was thinking about this, but I was like, okay, how do I put Mekon on chain? How do I make NFTs of each of the tens of thousands of Mekon <laughs> that fall from the trees across the water? And I thought about it sufficiently that like, okay, you've got to get, it, it has to start with one tree and you get probably three cameras that are motion sensitive. And so whenever a Mekon falls, the camera is like senses that and snaps a picture, which then gives you the metadata of exactly where it fell in GPS coordinates, right? And so then you, if you uh, tokenize the coordinates of that mecon, then you now have mecon coin or whatever. Like totally ridiculous idea, but that's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those those I think actually like yeah, farmers and agriculture is. Potentially like a neat use case, but again, it's it's just like, okay, how do you, how do you empower people to even start doing it?
0: I think right. Fonterra in New Zealand is a milk company, New Zealand's largest corporation probably, though no one else in the world knows about it, <laughs> um, but huge milk corporation and they're using, apparently using blockchain without like really publicly Telling everyone they use the blockchain because of blockchain's bad reputation. Thank you, crypto bros. Um, And they're using blockchain because that's really important, especially for the baby milk powder in China. So New Zealand sells a lot of baby milk powder to China. Okay. And China has had a few crises with uh, baby milk powder being contaminated and babies dying. So Chinese parents are really... Willing to pay a premium on New Zealand milk products so that their babies stay healthy and they don't die.
1: That's so dystopian. And Fonterra
0: are using blockchain so the Chinese customers can be like, "Oh, this is where it came from." This they have that kind of sense of trustworthiness. This is like real, like from New Zealand. This has been tampered with. This is you know from this fucking cow. (laughs) Um, And I think that's kind of a really cool use case. It it is,
1: (laughs) but. Wow, we've come in the twenty first century. Now we're selling like, hey, it won't probably won't kill your baby. You should but you should pay a premium for this. Is kind of scary.
0: <laughs> True,
1: but that that's I mean, there's there's um a friend of mine in Seattle runs something called Transparent Path, which started with um coffee beans. Um, and then expanded into pretty much every, they use blockchain to, um, verify like organ transplants, right. And like the logistics of getting a liver to the hospital or whatever, which I thought was like, oh shit, that's neat. (laughs) Like amazing. I I haven't dug into the, the technology that backs that, um, too deeply, but yeah, I was like, holy shit. Like you, you went from coffee to organ transplants. That's. That's neat.
0: I can imagine blockchain would get a lot more interesting once bio, like we have bio chips and stuff, like inside things. Because the amount of quality data you can get from that would be like quite nice.
1: Well, and that's the thing going back to like the NFT thing is the problem with that like system that I have is there's that fail point of I have to take that picture to get the metadata to put onto the recording, which. Like, if I wanted to lie about something, like, yeah, right? And so there's still a massive trust gap in, uh, like, the the thing that I'm doing. And I recognize that and, you know, talk about it and whatnot. But, like, even, even just recognizing that, too, I think is actually an interesting kind of, um, what, like, not mind game, but, like, exercise.
0: It is, like, going back to the sociology mm-hmm. part of crypto, I think this is, like, it makes you think like what makes us trust that this is an authentic document like and you think about all these you know crazy questions
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of shitty business practices out there we don't need to digitize that
0: (laughs) (laughs) we don't need a digital footprint of your scam
1: (laughs) yeah right like there's scams already exist why are we allowing more ways to do it (laughs) right that that's my my issue with the big business side of things that's not to say that i don't support applications of crypto in business. But again, it's, it's, it's the sociological need. It's like, oh, is that a shitty person? Is that a bad actor that's doing these things? Or maybe not even a bad actor, just somebody who's, you know, supporting the status quo and the status quo isn't all that great. Right. And so being able to take steps past what we currently have towards, you know, like a brighter future and whatnot using technology crypto included is very interesting to me but if you're just repeating like doing the same processes but now it's on chain eh, that doesn't seem very progressive to me um so Zyco, it's interesting so they're like um i guess tokenizing their tickets Mm -hmm. um and uh what do you call that what token gating what you can make NFTs on Zeiko of your event tickets, which I think is a neat. Yeah, like I used to collect ticket stubs of like all the concerts that I went to.
0: Absolutely, you remember that? I, I do that. Yeah, yeah, I still do it.
1: Yeah, I I don't because there's no tickets anymore. It was just cash. Um, but yeah, that was man. I had like a stack of concert tickets too. So that's cool. I like that a lot, and that's that's a fun thing that's not overly serious or anything but again like i think we've established that like i and presumably we are interested in like fun pursuits because that allows you to kind of evolve and explore I,
0: I think that's so cool like because i i love collecting like concert stubs and even plane tickets Yeah, you know just yeah. to like know where you've been and like just having like this record of, like oh i've done i've done that like it's a memory it's
1: history. It's, it's history. it's history. It's like the, the NFT thing that I was talking about, the, the yeah. sound recordings. It's saying at a certain time, at a certain place, I went and did something. And, and that's just nice. I just
0: like having data, looking back and seeing, you know, what your life was.
1: Yeah. It, it like, it makes your life more colorful,
0: mm.
1: right? Like you can have a memory of whatever you want, right? And that just happens naturally. But if you can also, you know, open up your your digital scrapbook, yeah. right, of your life.
0: Yeah, and you right. could totally make it colorful and pretty and things. Yeah, that's just so, neat. I think. I think that's a real... I've never heard about the ticketing use case, by the way. But I think it. that's really, really, really cool. Yeah. Like, I would totally be into that.
1: Yeah, that's so that's what Zyco does. Luma, which I, I also use and quite like, they just token gate stuff. And actually, this is a good point because I see use and value in what Zyko does. Mm-hmm what luma does is basically you just have to mint nfts force somebody to buy it so that when they go and buy a ticket to your event they can confirm that you own the nft which is just like kind of useless (laughs) right it's neat that it exists but i don't see any practical need for unless you just want to be hyper exclusive which okay whatever um but yeah zaiko the digital ticket thing i think is like it's fun Right. So fun.
0: Yeah. yeah. Ticket master needs to get onto that.
1: Sure does. Right. Yeah. Um, and too, they're like a local startup darling. I, I i support those guys and like the work that they do.
0: So Zaiko is a Japanese yeah. ticket master, basically.
1: Yeah, and really a very inspirational story too, I think, in that um, you know, they do tickets for Fuji Rock and like all the big events and stuff. And surprise, surprise, when Corona hit like boy, did that kick them in the teeth. Um, and it was, it was like a two week period. It was like one of the best fucking pivots I've ever seen. They realized like, Oh my God, all of our clients are physical event providers. Like we're fucked. What do we do? Um, and they made an entirely new platform for monetized, um, live streams, right. For artists, um, which is what I used to, Prior to making the NFTs of the river and stuff, that's what I was streaming on in order to raise money. Um, and just, like, what a success story. Like, really smart, really fast, really agile, very, like, good at what they do.
0: So are they doing stuff on Decentraland? I don't
1: think so. They might be. But I haven't heard that name in so long. Yeah. Are, are you still...
0: I mean, I'm sort of interested in it because, like, of the fashion side of things. And I know there's, like, Metaverse Fashion Week, which is, like, kind of cool. And, you know, there's a few artists that I particularly like um, that are into, like, go to Decentraland Fashion Week, perform there. Like, they they perform, like, on the Metaverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And… I'm simply know that because I just like them as artists. Okay. Um. So yeah, I'm like sort of interested in that, but it would also be cool to, you know, have that, you know, if Zyko can do something like that, that would be so cool.
1: It wouldn't surprise me if they're doing it for my interests and the, the circles that I operate in, it's zero reason to even think about the metaverse. And the reason is, Um, this is what we figured out by doing all these live streams is again, I work with like extreme music. Those are very visceral, like physical, you know, it's hot and there's sweat and, you know, people are running around and doing stuff. You cannot, so far as that, unless you make like a haptic body suit that heats up and stuff, like you can't replicate that digitally. And so with, with, with Zykle. It was a really good learning experience, but what I learned was exactly that, that you can't replicate this. So we didn't actually raise all that much money, did a lot of work. I figured stuff out and that was neat. And people recognized my efforts and stuff. But at the end of the day, like a punk rock show just isn't, you can't sit in front of your computer or even put like a headset on and like enjoy the same thing. And so for me and the stuff that I do, like, yeah, having that physicality is actually extremely important. And the metaverse just can't touch that for fashion, for, you know, for other types of, of pursuits and interests and everything. Yeah, it's I, I can easily see a, like use case for it. But for my particular pursuits, it. yeah, it yeah. Just doesn't work.
0: No, I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and that's that's actually a problem that I think about from time to time. But I still just can't even imagine like how again, unless you have like this haptic bodysuit, which is just a ridiculous. Like, Why do you need that? Just go out in the physical world and
0: i don't know mark zuckerberg might argue (laughs) yeah
1: um but yeah the matter i haven't i haven't touched decentraland in quite some time
0: so the fashion week and i think all the top brands now luxury brands they now participate in really um metaverse fashion week it's that big yeah i think there's departments and most brands now dedicated to digital fashion
1: no shit.
0: So you know, there's this case where, um, people they buy clothes because they want, like, they want to wear different things and stuff. But digital fashion, you can put a new outfit on yourself and a photo and things like that.
1: Oh, like that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I had not thought about that.
0: So it is, it is sort of weird and really niche. But I, th- I, I can see you. You might have this picture of yourself, and you're like, oh, I, maybe I could like wear that from like and then put it on yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, with, with what you just described, I, every single time I think about it, the main, the only question that pops into my head though is, why? <laughs> like, why would you doctor an image to inaccurately represent something? Like, what does that accomplish?
0: <laughs> I guess just like, fun. Like, that might be their fun. Like that yeah. I just like I just like like fashion and design or whatever and that's their, their thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's just fun that I guess I don't understand. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not fun.
0: But I'm not sure how profitable it is for them yet. Yeah, I'm not sure if they have a really good audience. Because of probably what you just mentioned. Like it's kind of like, oh, is that really that appealing?
1: But actually you just said that it's probably not profitable, which made me interested. <laughs> Cause that suggests that they're not just going after cash. They're going after like unique experiences. Absolutely. Which to me is very positive.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they are.
1: So I think I'm very confused now about how I feel about fashion in the metaverse. (laughs) I need to look into it more. (laughs) Well. I think I like it.
0: (laughs) I I think it's really cool. I mean, like you would hope that these brands if they're doing couture and handmade so on beads and stuff that like they're actually are into art and like they have like a really artistic team working for them like you would hope and so i think it is positive digital fashion and like hiring people who really want to create stuff make stuff and see what they can do i think that's really fun
1: you're selling this to me very well just empty
0: (laughs) so general feelings on crypto Summed up, maybe in 10 words.
1: Cautiously optimistic. <laughs>
0: Cautiously optimistic. I
1: think. Um, yeah, there's... A, a, it, let's bring it back to the big C and the little c thing. I think the big C, uh, the industry, has
0: a lot
1: of, like thinking to do about what it is and what it wants and probably needs to be like re or is way over 10 words, um, needs to be re evaluated at very least, if not just completely restructured. Um, but I think the little C the, or maybe that's the big, anyway, the other one is still very, it's getting more interesting, but also like more, convoluted i'm just thinking about like what you were saying with regarding ledger and stuff but that's that's the point of like it's brain exercise and that is still very positive and i think something that you know if you're if you've got like 10 bucks to kill or whatever um yeah just like getting involved in exploring this landscape is it's like a really good it's good for your. It's yeah, it's good for you, I guess, as long as you avoid all the stress and stuff.
0: Yeah, you do. You do feel a lot smarter, even when, if you don't understand something. You do feel like okay, like this is like this is hard. Like this mm. is hard shit. Mm. I want to say that crypto is easy, but it's not. No, it's not. And especially if you get into zero knowledge proofs, so like that's a whole another minefield. Mm. That let's not go there. But no. um. Yeah. That's a really good brain exercise.
1: Yeah, which is yeah, that's good for you. It's like it's yeah, it's like healthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Crypto's weird,
1: healthy. Weird. <laughs> that feels so wrong. <laughs> come on, come into the party. It's a great time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah, Matt. thank you.